do is actually bring Pete up as well, if that's all right. Um, and if there's any questions from the group, we're here. We five, ten minutes. Happy to take anything at anyone. Go for it. Yeah. So can this be integrated with YouTube or any other platforms? Yeah, yeah so, um, uh, so the HubSpot video, um, so Vidyard is, uh, is powering HubSpot video, and if you're using HubSpot video, that the free version is used to embed videos on any HubSpot landing pages, um, and it's, it's reserved for that. Um, if you then want to you know, move up and be able to embed videos on any web page on uh, different channels to be able to push and synchronize videos out to social channels. Um, there's lots of other premium capabilities that come as part of uh, the premium Vidyard offerings, if you will. Um, so in the free version, there is basic functionality to be able to push out to YouTube. Um, and then uh, with the premium Vidyard, there's, uh, there's lots more functionality. So all that information is, is on our website. The, yeah. the way I would look at that is YouTube is a really, really powerful channel, but it should be treated as a separate channel. So any videos that you create, host them on YouTube, that's fine, but don't put that hosting embed link on your website because you'll lose them to cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Anybody? Yes, right at the back. So um, the initial video that you can attach to uh, HubSpot instead of sending an email, how long do you recommend for that to be? Um, how do you train your sales personnel on what to say yep. um, and what should include in that video? Because should it be personalized with the person's name as well? Right. Great questions. Um, so the answer to uh, whether it should be personalized or not, um, how long it should be, uh, it, it, the simple answer is it, it depends on the use case for the video and, and what you're using it for. So what I typically see sales teams doing, if they are using video for like outbound prospecting and their goal is to try to cut through the noise and, and get a response, then doing something personalized makes sense, right? Because if I write these, we see it quite often now, things like this where I'll hold up a whiteboard, I'll put a little message to you and that's just, I can then wipe it off and go to the next person and do it quickly. But the point of doing something like that is when that person sees that in their in box, they have an immediate visual um, association that this was made just for me, this person went to the effort of making me a video, um, and, uh, and so therefore I have a higher expectation of, of value and I'm more likely to engage with it. Uh, but what I do also see people doing is, you know, what I'll probably do is a generic version of that that says, great to see you at Hug. And then I'll record that and I'll send it out sort of, you know, to a lot of different people. But if there's one person here I really want to connect with, then I'll do a personalized one for them. So it just, it, it just depends on, you know, the, the nature of what you're trying to do and, um, you know, how important it is that you're trying to stand down and get that response. Um, in terms of length, yeah, it just depends. Again, if it's an outbound sort of prospecting scenario, keep it short, right? Like definitely under 60 seconds, try to keep it to 30, 45. You have to respect your audience's uh, attention. And because video isn't inherently skimmable like text is, so you do want to try to keep it shorter. Um, however, if you're explaining a complex uh, topic about your product and it warrants three to four minutes of a screen capture video, then do that, right? So I think you just have to have good judgment on it. Um, the last piece was how to actually get your sales team doing this and doing it well. 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's still, a, a, you know, something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Um, and the way we think about it is it's no different when you started cold calling or when you started, um, you know, doing things like that where you have to throw yourself into it. Um, but I think give your team ideas and templates. So don't just give them the tool and say start using it. Say, if you're doing outbound, here's two or three ideas for you, right? One is hold up a whiteboard, write their name on it, deliver your typical message. The other one is do a screen capture where you bring up something relevant to them, and here's kind of your general talk track. Give them a few templates, just like you would email templates. Um, if you're running a campaign and it's anybody who does this, we want to follow up with them. Again, just give them some ideas so they're not left sort of guessing on their own. Um, and sometimes having marketing and sales together to brainstorm those ideas can really help because the salespeople will default to their typical messaging. Marketers might kind of come with the video angle on things and the creativity and think about, oh, what if you use this prop or if they do this and then you've got a pirate hat and you're, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, so that's another thing that I, I think can help as well. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, so with, with Vidyard Go Video for doing videos like these, um, there's a Google Chrome and Gmail plugin that you can use outside of HubSpot. Uh, there's the HubSpot integration, so you can use it inside of HubSpot. And then there is a mobile app for iPhones. Um, yeah, so there's a... It's Vidyard Go Video. Yeah, so if you search Vidyard Go Video, you'll find it in the Apple App Store, and then you'll also find the, the Chrome and, and Gmail extension online. And those are all free, uh, unlimited usage, um, and then eventually we'll, we'll get you to pay for something. But we've embraced the freemium strategy, just like Brian's talked about, because we've found it to be so important that people can try it out, figure out if it works for them, and if it does, they'll be longtime customers, but they won't know until they try, right? One, one thing I would say about getting salespeople engaged is uh, they tend to be driven quite strictly by the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not hard to point to increased conversion rates and engagement rates and ultimately uh, better closure rates. HubSpot themselves are a major user uh, of the mm -hmm. Vidyard product. That's how the partnership came off because the Dublin team was getting such fantastic results from it. Uh, yeah, Edwin. So what types of businesses does Vidyard work well with? So let's say you're talking to a younger company. Yep. Um, they're quite creative. They're open with ideas. But let's say you're talking to an engineering company or right. a really serious business or a little bit more old, right. so to speak. Yes, yeah, well, it's interesting. I think um, uh, I'm trying to connect back to a, a comment that was made earlier. Um, yeah, if you're in a market, like if you're in a, a market like that where a lot of people aren't yet, do, they're probably not, right? Your competitors probably aren't either if you're feeling that way. And so I think, I think video can sometimes work even better in those markets because it stands out so much compared to others. Um, but you've got to find your groove with it, and you've got to figure out how does it sort of manifest from your brand. And there's a bit of a difference between there's the stuff your marketing team's going to create as one-to-many videos that are going to live on your website and so on, and then there's things that, again, I think your sales team can create and use within that process. But I think the most important thing is just always being mindful that it's the, it's the word in the middle there, right? Like, this is human-to-human -human conversation, um, and I think if you can use video as a way to bring people's guard down, you know, have a more natural conversation, it can certainly work. Um, yeah, I've seen people struggle with it in, like, heavy, like, IT security markets where people are like, no, I'm not clicking on a video link or something like that. And sometimes that's the reality. But more often than not, we hear back that people are like, wow, this was great. I've never seen something like this. And even the novelty of it tends to work. Um, so I think just focus on that human element of it and figure out how it can make, again, uh, st stay conversational in the content. Don't try to overdo it, I think, is the big thing. Uh, one question actually following up from Pete, because you mentioned video is available within, like, PandaDoc. Hmm. 
is, are people actually using that? Is, 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 is it a thing that is being actively used, or is it just a feature that just sits there and nobody's really taking it on yet? Um, by default, people think of it as Pandadoc as, as a document tool. And so it's not obvious that I would embed a video in this because you've got that adoption curve of making people comfortable doing video in the first place. Yeah. But if you put the effort in to create good video content like RentBridge did to explain a situation, um, Pandadoc doesn't typically suit just putting in like a one personalised video, say I've made this for Samantha. Um, but it's a great explainer. So instead of sending somebody a document which is just a whole lot of text, to have that text with video yeah. interspersed as well, um, the videos tend to get played because you can see the stats in Pandadoc of what people look at and what they don't look at. If video is in there, the video all gets looked at and the, and the written words tend to be skimmed over. So there's uh, video within the document and then there's video within the initial email as well when you're first sending it through to encourage open rate. Yeah, one of the other things we actually see people doing there is if you are using Pandadoc to create um, just a static uh, uh, proposal, um, is then recording a video with the document up on the screen, so doing a screen share, where you record a video walking through the actual proposal so that that gets forwarded around rather than just the document where you're actually explaining all the line items, right? And you're like, as we agreed, here's why you're interested in this and this, and then here's what this is about. So, yeah, when they do forward it on to somebody for signature, um, they have all the context and they're not, uh, you're sort of not playing telephone um, tag on, them, on the actual messaging. Yeah, yeah so there's right, lots right. of different use cases for it. Mm -hmm. Great question. So it wasn't a video in an email, but well observed. It looked like a, an email, because quite often we receive emails that have a video in it with a play button, yeah. but email can't play video. So yeah, when you click it, it always takes you through to the Vidyard hosting site, wherever that is. The difference with Pandadoc is that it's within the document. So they stay in the document, they're scrolling through. So if they've received a Pandadoc, the video is exactly where you want it to be within the document. But the Pandadoc is online. It's not something that's then downloaded. With Correct. The right. yeah. 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 So when, let's say I sent you a Pandadoc to, well, in um, Tyler's example, I've done a proposal for you and I put a video in the start of, to walk you through the proposal to explain the different parts of it. That video is in the Pandadoc when you open it. You are online to be able to watch it, but it doesn't take you away from the document. It keeps you in that document. You can scroll down through and find videos dispersed the way through it. So that was a Pandadoc that I had the screenshot of. Yes, question. Yeah, given that um, a lot of video is played silently, yep. you, oh, sorry. <coughs> given that a lot of video is played silently, what's the ability to add subtitles to Vidyard? Yeah, easily it's, uh, is it, the next <laughs> easily. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. So yes, more and more you want to ensure you're doing closed captioning on your videos and um, ideally transcribing the content and even having that available, especially if it's something going on your website. Um, and so within the, I have to make sure I, I get this right. I believe within the free version, um, there is not. Uh, dedicated uh, capabilities to do closed captioning within it. Um, you can, when you create the video, uh, you can use any service to get the, um, uh, the the transcription and then create an SRT file for the closed caption and upload that as part of the video and do it. Um, with the actual, uh, you know, premium versions of Vidyard, we automatically transcribe the audio for every video that you upload and then create closed captions for those by default. Um, so in the paid versions, we do it all by default. In the free version, um, you'll want to use some other tool to get the closed caption and, and upload it as part of it. Okay, guys, I think we've got one more time for one more question, and then thank you. Yeah, Ramsey. 
I just wanted to ask about uh, live video. Is there a big difference in conversion rates if you use live video? And what about uh, non-skippable video? I noticed some marketers use non-skippable uh, video. Does that make a difference in, a, in any way? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, things like, uh, so in the Vidyard platform, you can, you know, set parameters for your videos if you want to make it non-skippable so that they have to play it linearly and they can't skip around. I'm personally not a fan of that. Um, in, in any instance, I think if you put yourself in the viewer's experience, I think it can be a frustrating experience if they don't have that option. Um, so I, I, I'm not a big fan of it unless you have a very specific use case where it, it's required. Um, in terms of live streaming, uh, I mean, there is – we don't see a lot of companies using it today for many different um, use cases quite yet. We're seeing some, uh, you know, social live streams where people might be doing Ask Me Anything style sessions um, and, and things like that. And then we are seeing some businesses where they might be live streaming if they're hosting a conference and they want to live stream their keynotes, things like that, dedicated to their own website and using it as another um, kind of marketing channel. Uh, we are starting to see some of that use case. Um, but haven't seen it take off yet to any, any meaningful degree uh, for most businesses uh, quite yet. Well, short duration of anything, you know, in the library, it's, it's time yeah. to keep people tuned into a live Yeah. Guys, thank you so much, and thank you both. Uh, please hang around for a little bit, network, chat. Ramsey's going to come around and interview some people, get some feedback for video, right? Um, next hug is probably going to be the 18th of September. It's almost certainly going to be the Royal Overseas League. If any of you have been on our previous events, you'll know what a great venue that is. But I will send out emails and confirmations later. But thank you so much for coming.